Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. On this episode, Tom's special guest is Josh Hartwell of Shred Boss. Josh will discuss how he's implemented and evolved the development of process and procedures into internal policies for his team and his business. If you're struggling with the process and procedure documentation in your business, there is some amazing wisdom on the show for you today. Josh Hartwell, welcome to the Shred Coach Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. You are from Shred Boss, and I am I'm really glad to welcome you to the the podcast today. How are you doing today? Good, Tom. I'm I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm really excited to be here. So one of the things I want to do is set the context before we get into more discussion, but set the context in terms of your business, your shredding business. So tell me. A little bit about your shredding business. How old is your shredding business? When did you start this thing? It's been started 2001, I believe. I got here wow. in 2002. Yeah. Wow. October so you've been around be my, a while. Yeah. 20 years in October. Holy cow. That's amazing. So tell me, are you mobile plant? Uh, what's your style of shredding business? Sure. Mostly plant-based. Uh, we started off with a little office shredder. We do have a mobile truck. We just haven't. Haven't grown that as much. I actually bought the mobile truck just so I could pick up an account. And when they finally agreed to take a bid from us, they decided to go with our plant-based. So, <laughs> so you had a you had a truck just for marketing purposes. That's kind of nice. It. Yep. Yep. So uh, a plant-based, primarily paper, or do you have paper hard drive? What what else are you shredding? Yeah, paper hard drives. We do discs, um, VHS cassettes, okay. that type of stuff, uh, uniforms, various products. Okay, good, good. What kind of equipment are you running? Primarily, uh, the paper shredders are going to be the AMS, uh, the Ameri-Shred, AMS 4000. We yep. have a 1000. And then it's a German machine that we have, uh, like a ZMK something for the hard drive shredder. Okay, so, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. And uh, what kind of truck are you running? What's your mobile truck? Our mobile truck, it's a, an Alpine Evo. Uh, it's a used one. Yeah, we didn't splurge on new entering the market. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, and that's that's why I wanted to ask these questions because it really helps to get the lay of land. So what kind of staff uh, do you have in your shredding business? There's four of us, uh, kind okay. of a, a small company, yeah. but we service Southeast New Mexico. So think, you know, 300,000 people, population, 21,000 square miles. Wow. So unlike a lot of uh, companies in the shredding business, you've got small population, big radius. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Compared to like Albuquerque, that's north of us, 500,000 and a 250 square mile radius. So So you're in Roswell, New Mexico, right? And so you've been at this a while. You are established. You know the game. And so the whole purpose of this podcast is to actually hear really practical, real world advice that's helped you to grow your business. And so you're on the hot seat now. Tell me about the specific strategy, tactic, tool, resource uh, that you implemented and uh, tell me a little bit about that. And then we're going to dig in if you're okay with that. Yeah, sure. I think we just fell into our strategy. I don't think we purposely did it. Uh, okay. But our, our strength and strategy is really it sounds kind of weird maybe, but policies and procedures, having a standard operating method so that when we say we're doing something for a customer, we can churn that out over and over and over again consistently. 
And anything that needs to be changed, we can just tweak it as we go because we know what we're doing. Yeah. So policy and procedure is uh, a lot of buzzwords. So I want to dig in on this. <laughs> Because uh, policy and procedure can be, for some people, a massive set of binders and online wikis and all kinds of stuff. And for others, it's just a concept in someone's head. Yeah. So what I want to do is, is jump. You said you you didn't necessarily set it up as a strategy, but well, how did you decide to uh, and maybe let's go back. What was the first policy or procedure you did? And tell me a little bit about that one, how you fell into it versus it being a deliberate thing because you, you had to start somewhere. How did you jump in? Yeah. So, I, you know, 2002, I was getting out of the military. Uh, we're a veteran doing company working for my dad. And he says, you know, you need to do this. At the time, it was mostly just box storage. And in the military, we use SOPs. So it was the question was, yeah. all right, dad, what's the SOP? What do we, what do we do? And he would say, oh, we don't have one. You have to make it. And so we just kind of started documenting what we did. And as we, as we got employees, we wanted them to do the same things that we were doing. Right. So we just took the time to start writing it down. And, uh, you know, people get, I don't know, maybe scared, maybe yeah. overwhelmed when you say policy. And really, it's just something that guides your company. And, and a lot of times there's no national or international policy on things in your business. So it's just what right. you want. Right. If you want your employees in at a certain time, set the policy. You want them in at eight, say the policy is eight. Right. So let's jump back because I realize it might be a long time ago. You come out of a military background where there's so much structure and process built into that. Uh, do you remember in the shredding business or do you have a, a memory of what one of the initial policies or procedural documents you wrote was? Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. It had to be running the route. Okay. How we were going to, you know, picking up the materials from the customer, getting it back to our facility, uh, just loading the truck, unloading the truck, how you secure the bins. Yeah. So how detailed do you get into that? Because that that's the distinction between, is it, are you thinking a, a procedure like a checklist or are you actually taking a picture of things? When you think about this, how do you think about it? Yeah. When I originally started writing procedure manuals, I was real micromanagement type okay. style. Yeah. And I've really backed off a lot. I like people to have flavor. I don't need robots. But I'd be like, you know, put the key into the key hole, unlock the door, open the door. Nowadays, I would be like, if they don't know how to operate the vehicle, <laughs> right. are, are they a good driver? So yeah, I mean, you can document every single little step or you can get the important things is secure the bins in so they're not moving around during transport. Ensure that the door is locked. We used to, you know, try and dictate what the drivers would kind of say. What, what would we say to a customer right. as you're leaving? But, you know, the reality is conversations happen at a customer's location and you may not always say the exact same thing. And it doesn't matter. It matters that the material secured. Uh, right. It's not going right. to fall over. The, the truck is locked when you're not there, you know, things like that. And so yeah. we did, we just highlight those very important things that you want done over and over and over again. Yeah. So how do you decide now? So you've mentioned the concept of the truck. And so you've got your team out collecting bin collections. But when you think about it internally, let's say with your administrative staff, are you creating procedural structure document policy in that regard as well? We do. Yeah. 
everything. I mean, the, the main areas of business, you have administration, we have risk management, sales and marketing. So everything that we want to have a result and that result happen over and over, we'll create a procedural manual for it. Got it. Okay. So let's dig in a little bit more. When you do this, how are you doing this? Are you personally taking out Word, a Word document and documenting it? Uh, is one of your team doing it? Are you videotape? Like what's your, what's your implementation process for this? Yeah. So I, I think I've written almost all of our procedural manuals that we have only because I've done everything in the business. So I, I would say, you know, version one was me, but some were on version fives and it's not what I originally wrote. Just today I had our, our driver and he got injured. So he's not out on the route. And he said, what do you want me to do? read our SOP, mark it up, pen it up. If we're not doing something, mm. write a note. If something changed, we need to know if something is on there that maybe we're not doing that. Yeah, we need to get back into doing, let's run training. And, you know, they have great ideas. They're in the field. Yeah. I tell them, hey, I can be the desk jockey, but you're, you're actually dealing with the customers. You're in the field, you're doing the work. Yeah. So if you have an idea, let's do it, especially if it's more efficient or smarter. I don't want this to be, you do everything I tell you to. Our procedures are basically a record of what we're actually doing. And so if we're not actually doing it, let's get it out of there and let's put in what we are doing. Right. You mentioned mark it up. So I'm assuming your driver today who's reviewing this document is reviewing it in physical format. It's like in a binder. That's how he or she would be reading it. Correct. Yeah. We okay. have electronic copies, but I mean, hey, we're a shredding company, so we'll stick with paper. Make paper so you can shred it later. Um, version 3.0 <laughs> means we've shredded some paper today. So, okay. As you do this, where do you find you hit your own obstacles, walls, difficulties when writing standard operating procedures or policy as a way to describe that mechanism you're engaging? Where do you struggle with this? Because it seems to me, Someone who is so focused on this, it may be easy to have 10 million documents lying around <laughs> and every way you breathe is a process somehow, but that's just me imagining what, where do you hit walls with this? Where do you struggle What what are some of the things, frustrations you run into? Yeah, I'm a process guy. So okay. it comes easy to me. Two struggles are number one, me making everything a process. That doesn't really need to be a process going back into that micromanagement. And then the other is really defining the result that you want, because I mm. can write steps, do things. And before I know it, it's just a list of activities, I'd be like a number 400. And it's like, wait, am I ever going to finish this document? Like, what's the result that I want? Yeah. So good. So, so it's really, what's the result I'm looking for, which is the whole reason for this stupid thing in the first place. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. As you deliver this to your team, right? So you've made all these, you document them, you understand what it is you're trying to accomplish, but you hand these off to your team. Where do you feel like, where and how do you feel like that's created impact with them? Is it part of your training process? What's the implementation mechanism for you beyond you? Like, where, what do you do with this? Yeah. When we first got employees, uh, you know, more than just 
family. I was, I don't know, immature in leadership, to be honest. Uh, and so I was saying, this is the law. This is the way you're going to do it because I said so. It worked, but it didn't really work. Uh, what I find now is I'll, I'll create something, a procedural, and then get buy-in from them. And I use the word, you know, I, I'm a desk jockey. This is the corporate guy coming in and saying how you should do it. But let's get real. How does it really work? Mm. And uh, I'll get their buy-in. And then when they help, you know, develop the draft, I'm a process person. I can do this, but not everyone can. And so when they come in and they're revising it and we're going over the steps and it makes sense. And now they've had input. It's no longer just my document. It's our document. Mm. And so then when we go and do training, I'm not dictating something to them. This is us together as a team have developed and now we're going to implement. Right. So there, it sounds like there's a level of ownership with your team that feels like it's not just your document, it's theirs as well. There is. Yeah. Yeah. And new employees think, oh, this is the company's document. And the first time I tell them, I said, well, look in there and tell me what's not smart. What doesn't mm. work? What aren't we doing? What can we do better? And they're looking at this document and they're looking at me and they're like, you want me to do what? I get right on the page. I don't care. I'll print another one if I don't like what you say. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, tell me, especially my driver today, you know, I'm always answering the phones and asking people, what size box do you have? And is it a 15 inch box? Is it a 24 inch box? And today he was like, well, you just ask them, is the box the longest part from the elbow to the fingertips or is it their entire arm? I'm like, dude, that's genius. And he said, yeah, I've been thinking. I'm like, I've been here 20 years. Obviously, I've not been thinking about that. Okay, so what is that? The uh, So a 15-inch, like a 1.2, um, yeah. is elbow, elbow, to to, elbow to fingertips. One point, that's the length of the front of the box. And the whole yeah. arm, It that's so, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. It's those little things that yeah. allow people to be creative, allow them to express themselves, to have input. I want them to enjoy working here. It's a small team, and so... We got to cover for each other and everyone should have input. I love it. It's really helpful um, to hear how you're, you're thinking through this. So like the next question I have for you is more, somebody comes to you, a, a shredder comes to you, they're starting. Uh, what advice, what recommendations, what directions are you going to give them to ensure they get a healthy and effective start in creating their own policy and procedure documents. What's the path that's going to get them the best result? Given that you're a longtime expert, came out of the <laughs> machinery of the U.S. military, you've had lots of history with this. What's the doorway or what's the easy way into this? And how do you do it in a way that doesn't uh, overwhelm you, but also gives you the result? Yeah. Uh, just start with what you're doing now. Don't overcomplicate it. And don't, as you're writing it, saying, oh, we should be doing this. Don't put that in there yet. Just write what you do now and then look through and group it as what steps you take and the result that you get from it. And then you can go back and say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is the result we get. Is this the result that we want? No. So write down what the result you want and then modify those steps to get you to that result. Mm. I, I think that's the piece that's the piece that you said there and you said it earlier, which is know the result you want, because it's really easy to write steps. Like you said, 40,000 steps and you've got 40,000, yeah. but where were you going? I love right. that. 
So start with what you are. And uh, my guess is because we live in a highly operational environment, the, the most important steps are what you started with, which is how do we do a pickup? How do we do uh, routing? How do we do or a daily procedure stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's different activities that are going to be involved, you know, running a route, collecting the orders or, you know, however you, deliveries, yep. whatever you call them. How does that get organized? And then if you have multiple trucks going out, how are you going to collect those specific stops onto each truck? And then do you sign it by driver or do you allow the drivers to pick the route that they want to run that day? Right. Um, and then when those drivers have those, is it paperwork on the, you know, a device? How do you want them to, to do those routes? Does someone inside the office set the route, the order of stops or does the driver have latitude on, on changing things up? And then how do you want them to conduct each stop? And then at the end of the route, what's the check-in process? Is there a check-in process? If you're mobile, it's pretty easy, <laughs> you know, yeah. and everything's done. How yeah. do you want the truck unloaded? Is it daily when it's full and just document it, just write down what right. you want. Right. And so if I were to walk into your office, am I going to see a whole bunch of binders? Is is that how it is? Or in the area where employees mingle, is, is there a set of binders that are your <laughs> standard operating procedures? Is, is that kind of how it plays out in terms of how they experience it? We have one, the, the master binder in our break room, uh, war room. And then there's binders for each, like in the shredding area and the each track, there's okay. a the SOP for that. Honestly, they're probably not reading those ones. We do annual training. We do periodic training. And I just bring it up in conversation. They yeah. ask a question, what's the SOP say? I wrote them. I'm probably most familiar with them, but really it's a, it's a reference manual after you've done it for a while. We do a 90 day onboarding for new employees to get them familiar with it. And then that annual training plus reference from time to time. I think Chet Holmes says people respect what you inspect. And that's why I go back to you. But what's important? Love it. One of the things that I'm trying to uh, do on this podcast is every episode give people 10,000 of value. So how do you see this uh, SOP uh, process procedure structure in your business? How has it returned you significant value? How has it given you return on that investment of creating these? How, what do you see as the return? In the marketplace, people want to know how they know we can provide what we're going to say. And I mean, NAID certification is certainly great for that, but we can show them this is our policies and procedures that we hit. It's all documented. If you want to know what stage in the destruction process your material is, I can show you that in the manual. I can show you that in the actual, the physical location of your material and all that gets audited. And so we can turn this over and over and over again consistently. And the customer will know, like when we have a driver, if it's a different driver, he's running the same steps that the other driver did. Nothing's changed except for the individual. And I think that builds trust and confidence that knowing that we're not just doing this fly by night. We've got a systematic way of producing security and, and peace of mind for the customers, really. And, and it sounds to me like there's the customer side of it, but I would sense that there's an internal benefit to this or return on the investment. You've talked a lot about how you teach your team with it, but how has it shown you there? I mean, you're you're so rooted in, 
in depth with this because of your history, military. But if, you know, you stand outside of this, it's producing some kind of result for you with your team or you'd have stopped doing it a long time ago. Yeah. You know, from a business owner side, you can't grow your business if you're not able to step out of certain areas. And so having these procedures in place allows you to put somebody else in charge of that area. I mean, really, I, I could hire someone to replace me today and say, hey, just do these or memorize this document and make sure everyone does this. And I don't, you know, myself, I don't need to be here. I can choose to, hey, I'm retired. So see y'all later. Well, re it's really helpful because it, it to me is in my coaching practice, it's such an important piece in every business that I see is how do you replicate the things that are replicable, right? How do you yeah. ensure that the things that you do over and over again, and the only way to grow a business is as an owner operator executive is to extract yourself from the task that you repeat all the time. That's the only way to do it. You can't delegate to anyone unless you have a process to delegate with. So it's yeah. such an important piece of this puzzle. And I'm really grateful for you sharing specifically how you do it. So thank you for that. I believe there's massive value to any company that implements process and procedure documents, policy documents to make their business work. So I've got a random question just as as we we end our conversation, and it has nothing to do with what you've said already, but I'm intrigued. So I went digging a little bit into your world and discovered that you run an urban warrior protection company. Um <laughs> Uh, I, I know you got a military background, so tell me just in brief a little bit about urban warrior protection and what that's all about. And tell me generally what you do with that, because that's intriguing to me. Sure. Uh, so urban warrior in high school, I did martial arts and, and got a black belt and got out of the military and kept training with a, a friend of mine and who kind of developed a, a self-defense. I don't want to call it a style, but just a method. And then I got into adrenal stress response training where you take violent scenarios and, and run people through them. And so I have a, a padded suit I can suit up and people can hit as hard as they want, full force, and we'll get them adrenalized and see how they respond. And we have coaches, so, you know, it's a safe environment to, to learn in. But what we're trying to do is there's a, a fight, flight, and freeze that we get to in, in violent situations and then really just many other situations. And so we want to put into our, our brain a way of dealing with that that's safe, that's constructive, that gets us out of that situation. And so it's got Urban Warriors. We used to have, you know, a school and classes and now it's just more more seminars. We can go to different places. Very interesting. You're not just a SOP or you're a uh, urban <laughs> warrior protection um, ninja or of some kind, which is uh, really kind of cool. Well, Josh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for uh, sharing uh, your story, sharing your strategy that uh, I think is extraordinarily valuable. And anyone listening, I believe, can get really good results in their business just by implementing what you've talked about today. So thanks for sharing it. And uh, yeah, continued success. Sounds good, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Shred Coach Podcast with Tom Adams. Make sure to tune in every week for a brand new $10,000 strategy or idea from trusted shredding and business professionals.